Hey everyone, welcome to season 14 of the Nonprofit Ace Podcast. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I know that I've been out of pocket. Life, be life in. Um, so this season is going to be a combo. So we've got an interview for you, so I'm really excited about, as well as some replays because it's 990 season, everyone. And because I've been a little MIA, I wanted to give you all a giveaway. So what you have is going to be when you hear the episode for Rebecca Rodriguez, I love talking to her. I've got a couple of things. She has an amazing book that I want you to check out. If you are a new nonprofit, if you're still in the stage where you're like, yo, I really just need to dig deeper into the organization and what I want to do with it moving forward, check out her book. It is the nonprofit workbook. Tips and best practices for startups serving the common good. So if you are saying like, hey, I'm a nonprofit or I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit, this book is for you. And what I want you all to do is be sure to follow us on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast. Once you're subscribed, check out the episodes, download your favorite and tag Synergy in a post on Instagram telling us your favorite takeaway from that episode. We're going to run this for two weeks. And at the end, we will give away five copies of Rebecca's book to people who have tagged us again with your favorite takeaway from one of our episodes. So excited to get you all a copy of this book and to see what you've learned. All right. Thanks so much for subscribing to Synergy's Nonprofit Ace podcast. Any accounting, business, or tax advice in this podcast is not intended as a thorough, in-depth analysis of your specific issues, it's not a substitute for a formal opinion. It is not good enough to avoid tax-related penalties. Gotta tell you this because don't want y'all coming for me. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nonprofit Ace Podcast. I am your host, Kyla Graham, and today we are talking with Rebecca Rodriguez, the author of The Nonprofit Workbook. Hey, Rebecca, what are you celebrating? Hey, Kyla. So good to be here. Thank you. I am just really celebrating life. I'm celebrating people like you who dive deeper with tools like podcasts and just educating the people that we serve. So that's what I'm celebrating. So cool. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and how they should connect with you? Sure. So as Kyla mentioned, I'm Rebecca Rodriguez. I have been in the nonprofit social sector for 22 years. Started off with events, then got into database management, and then quickly transitioned into development. Was a fundraiser for double-digit years. And then during the 2008-2009 time in our history where we experienced an economic crash, mainly Mm -hmm. due to mortgages, I had a real epiphany. I I was working on my post-grad in public administration at the time. So, you know, it was like all the forces of the universe came together. And it was like this light shone down from the celestial skies. And I realized that it wasn't really about more money, which Mm -hmm. is what most organizations focus in on. It's really, if your programs are excellent, if they are truly making meaningful change in the lives that you serve, in the people that you serve, and you learn how to communicate that data, Coupled with the anecdotes, the money's going to flow. The money will just, like the floodgates will open. And that's a process, Kyla, and I'm sure we possibly might dig deeper, but 
So at that epiphany, I stepped off the fundraising track Mm -hmm. and deliberately went into operations and have really never looked back. So I became a consultant back in 2014. And now I work with organizations to help design their programs and to make sure their monitoring and evaluation protocols are working for them. Mm-hmm. And I do organizational development, so strategic plans and everything. I love that because you said two things as you talked about what caused you to transition. And one, it was the anecdotes and being able to like articulate what's happening, why your work is so important. And the other piece is going into the operation side. Because I agree with you that the money flowing is sometimes more an operational issue of, hey, are you all tracking this information in ways that are meaningful and helpful for you to communicate to funders or prospective donors? So yeah, welcome to the op side. <laughs> yes, and I love the op side. To me, it's where the rubber hits the road for sure. Yeah. So what are the best ways for people to connect with you so that we can be sure to put that into the show notes? My website is www.forthephilanthropist.com. People can send me an email at info at forthephilanthropist.com. I'm on Instagram under actually my, it's my initials are V Rodriguez. And really my Instagram account really focuses in on the nonprofit workbook and all the steps that frontline implementation people and leadership really needs to be focusing in on. So those are three ways. You can also call me at 719-576-0600. I'd love to talk with anybody. See, I love the sharing of your phone number. Oh, well, one, because I tell people sometimes you just need to talk it out and you could just call people and be like, hi, (laughs) this is the question I have. Um, And sometimes that can be a lot faster. Absolutely. So. As Rebecca has mentioned, everyone, she has put together the nonprofit workbook, which is the tips and best practices for startups serving the greater common good. And I was showing Rebecca how many tabs I have on the workbook because I am a workbook fan. I love being able to sort of like brain dump and process as I'm going through things. And so we are definitely going to dig into the book, but I have a couple of questions before we get there. And one question I have is, what is a tool or resource that you think organizations could be better at utilizing? Okay, so this may sound really presumptuous, but I'm going to I'm going to think optimistically. So (laughs) I'm going to believe that they are tracking the data and Mm -hmm. and I'm specifically talking about program data Mm -hmm. or their service data. So. Just to really make that time monthly or on a regular basis, you know, it depends how long your program is or what depth your program works with individuals, but looking at the data on a regular, consistent basis and really analyzing it, trying to figure out what the data tells you. If you set up your protocols for monitoring and evaluating, you know, efficiently, then that should be just a no brainer. But sometimes that's not as easy as it sounds. So, again, I think that if all of our programs and services that our sector, Kyla, were efficient and effective, you know, there'd be no more hunger. I don't know if it's the busyness of our lifestyle that prohibits us for just slowing down or or what, but I really think that 
whatever tool an organization is using to look at the data, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or they've invested in a software program to help them track their outcomes, just to really milk it for all it's worth. I love that idea because I think that is key in building what you call, you know, the anecdotes or actually testing to see if your anecdotes hold true. (laughs) It's to say like, well, do you actually have the data to back this up? Have you evaluated? Because from our side at Synergy, where we're thinking about the finances, we also want to look like when you put together that program report, it sounds really nice, but do the numbers bear that out? (laughs) How much is it costing to put into these resources or to put into our programs so that you can really see like, okay, is this where we should be spending our efforts? Because sometimes it might be, this is a low benefit for the community item. And it also costs us a lot to do. So could we really just pivot some of that energy and resources and maximize what communities are getting? Um, So I definitely think that the evaluation is key to making sure that our programs are worthwhile for those involved all around. All around. Yep. (laughs) You know, not only the people who are receiving services, who clearly, you know, good for them that they've reached out, but, you know, frontline staff, donors, board members, leadership. I mean, it's a win-win when the programs are operating as they should. Yeah, definitely. And one of the questions we typically would ask is like, what would you think uh, more organizations should prioritize? And it sounds like evaluation should be high on that priority list. And setting the time aside to do the evaluations, when you think about regular evaluations, what would you say is a good frequency to start out with for those who aren't necessarily looking at it on a regular basis now? I recommend monthly. Mm -hmm. I've worked with programs that were nine months long. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it lasted over a year and closer to 18 months long. Mm-hmm. And then I've worked with programs that were just a month long. So I think as long as your program or your service is on the longer length, you should definitely look at the data monthly. If you're doing a food bank where maybe a lot of your population that you serve is coming in on a regular basis, but maybe not, you know, then I might do the data quarterly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it depends, Kyla, on the depth of the services that you're offering and how long your program is. Also, too, let's not forget, if you're getting government funding, they pretty much tell you <laughs> how often <laughs> they want reports yep. and, you know, and the data. All right, everyone. If you've been waiting to hear more about the workbook, it's now. So Rebecca, like I said, I had so much tagged just because I thought, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. Or I had follow-up questions for you, but we won't get into all of them. What I would love to know more about is what prompted you to write the book and why a workbook? So there was a, a season in my consultancy, Kyla, where I just got a string of startup founders Mm-hmm. who the majority of them did not have any social sector experience. They were coming from the corporate world or even just not even background of, of work. I mean, yeah. just, you know, people who, <laughs> you know, just hadn't been in the workplace for quite some time. And although their idealistic, philanthropic, altruistic, you know, thoughts were awesome, they weren't very practical. And usually my first question when someone comes to me is, have you written a business plan? Are you willing to share it with me? Because I can tell a lot 
from how well a business plan is written, whether this person is going to be serious and easy to work with. And practically none of that string of, you know, nonprofit wannabes had a business plan. They were almost insulted that I would ask that question. And so after accepting some of these clients, it was a very painful experience. And maybe because they didn't have business plans, they were kind of planting their feet in the ground and resisting, thinking that donations were just going to pour in, that they'd be able to apply for grants right off the top of the bat. And the whole idea of outcomes and building logic models and looking at the theory of change, it was just a different language for them. Again, there was a lot of resistance. So when I look at the numbers, Kyla, 65% of the 4 million 501Cs that are in our country alone, that's not even on a global level, just in our country alone. So you're a math whiz, you know, you could probably tell me what 65% is of of 4 million, but those are organizations that never hit the $50,000 IRS threshold to report on the 990. Mm -hmm. And that's pathetic, (laughs) actually. And so I looked to see you know, what books were out there, what tools were out there. And more of the books on how to start a nonprofit come from the perspective of legal requirements. Mm -hmm. And even though I very minimally touch on that, I really wanted to get into, you know, the programming, looking at the board of directors, because, you know, that adds this whole other layer to running an organization that most ma and pa for-profit entities don't have to deal with. So I decided to, to write this book to be used as a tool and made it a workbook because once you start writing stuff down, Kyla, other parts of our brain start moving. I think there's power in that tactile movement of documenting. So that's really what inspired the book. It was really because of just some really tough experiences with clients where I thought, no, people need to realize that this is a business and it's it's not an easy business. In fact, I think it's harder to run a 501c <laughs> than a for-profit company. Agreed. A hundred percent. All right. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thank you, Kyla. This has been my pleasure. Yay. Hey there. What did you think of Rebecca's episode? Like I said, we are going to give away five copies of her books. And to get a copy of the book, you want to be sure you're following us on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and download your favorite episode. Next up (laughs) is to tag Synergy on Instagram with a takeaway from that episode. We would love to hear what you're thinking, what's resonating with you. And we are so excited to give away copies of Rebecca's book, the nonprofit workbook tips and best practices for start serving the greater common good. Super excited to hear what your, what your takeaways are. All right. Bye. Bye.